Get ready for a journey into the heart of Bridgeport politics with In Absentia, a new podcast from Connecticut Public's investigative team, The Accountability Project. Learn about the city's past and present political dysfunction and the systems that enable it. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts. Funding provided by Joe Zimmel and Valerie Friedman. Support for the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze from Table and Vine, the New England destination for wine, spirits, and beer, including micro-brews on Riverdale Street in West Springfield, Massachusetts, less than half an hour from Hartford, tableandvine.com. If you like to eat, drink, and be merry, you're in the right place. Faith here with a welcome toast. It was Calvin Trillin who said, The most remarkable thing about my mother is that for 30 years she served the family nothing but leftovers. The original meal has never been found. Glad you're joining me and the gang for the food schmooze party. Please feel free to consume this show podcast in one bite, two bites, or oops, I ate the whole thing. This show is an encore presentation of the Faith Middleton Food Schmooze. Hope you enjoy this second helping. I'm Faith Middleton. It's great to have you joining the party on the Food Schmooze here on WNPR in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including Westchester County and the east end of Long Island. My food buddies are here. Senior contributor Christopher Prosperi of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. We have regular contributor Alex Province of Hartford, who is excellent on food, wine, cocktails, everything you can imagine. And we have senior producer Lori Mack and producer Jonathan McNichol. I got to tell you a quick story. We're going to get to food tips. We're going to get to the grilled trout, which is a secret fish to do at home on the grill. You cannot believe how delicious this is. You know me. I eat pasta any time of year. I try to keep it to a minimum. <laughs> um, but I eat it in the summer, especially yeah, pesto. You. you know, I did mm. with shrimp, so there's protein in there. But I have a very special pasta recipe posted for you now at our website, and it's from Rome. Really? A pasta with prosciutto, lemon juice, lemon zest, chopped up chives, butter, and Parmigiano-Reggiano cheese. Oh, how okay. could that be so, bad? It is crazy delicious, Just and wait until you hear how we got this. I'm in Sag Harbor on the east end of Long Island, just before it's on the edge of the Hamptons. They think of themselves as the Unhamptons. I don't know about that because it's starting <laughs> to be the Hamptons, but in any case, it is a wonderful, wonderful place. And, you know, I have a place on the east end of Long Island, and so I'm there, and I took the little mini ferry over, and I stopped by one of my favorite design stores. By the way, if you're here in Connecticut, it's so easy easy to jump on the ferry either in Bridgeport or in New London or two days, midweek, weekend, whatever it is. So I'm in one of my favorite design stores anywhere, and it's called Susan Youngblood. She has these astonishing lamps and chandeliers and tables and chairs from the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, from all over the world. I mean, you've never, very rare. She has an exquisite eye. So I'm in Susan Youngblood, and she says... You know, oh my God, yeah, I'm a food schmooze listener, and how amazing because I just convinced my friend in Rome, Pierpaolo Falone, 
to give me his special recipe for this pasta he made for me when he came to visit. Wow. Are you going to give it to us? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we allow? You bet that's what's on the website. I'm giving it to you right now. So I convinced, I said to Susan, Susan, you have got, it is so crazy delicious and it is not difficult at all. This is straight from Rome. So we printed it just as he gave it to her. So you're going to hear his email done in his very charming Italian way. So this is what I'm going to just read you a little glimpse of this. So you get a feel (laughs) for this. He said, "Um, Susan, you need some thick homemade fettuccine or tagliatelle. This is important because they are thick, because one feels more the flavor of the fresh pasta. Then some prosciutto, not too thick. These are slices that have to be cut in little pieces, and you mix with butter and grated Parmesan. You Mm. want fat-skinned lemons. And if you like fresh chives, you can add a bit of that flavor. And so while the water for the pasta is boiling, you put the butter in a pot and you soften it with a fork that is hottened into water. <laughs> nice. You add, yes. And you add it to some lemon juice and some of the zested lemon skin. Thank you again, Susan, for that zester. <laughs> he said it has to come out a bittersweet combination from the doses according to the amount of pasta required. You will see it's written like that on the website. And then you add in the prosciutto and, you know, it's thick sliced. So you could just go to even your supermarket and say to them, I want it thick. Mm. And you're going to cube it up and you Mm. put all these things together. It's just a mixture of things on the pasta. But he's giving you a sense, Pierpaolo, of the and he's a, a great art dealer in Rome and, you know, finds wonderful things for her. And then they meet together and they, mm. she gets these things from Italy and all over. And recipes and the bonus. Yes, right. <laughs> oh my God. This recipe is so fantastic. Go to foodschmooze.org and there you go, my simple. friends. It is Yum. simple and it is killer and it's yeah. what you get in Rome. This is what home cooks make in Rome. This is what the smart restaurant people do. They're still making the mother's and the grandmother's mm. recipes. Yeah. There, so nice fantastic. bottle of Chianti, little pasta. What now, That's Alex? Lunch. What what wine I'd would you serve with this? Like a ten or fifteen dollars send you a vase. You, you know, would. Just, so I I'd just... do a rosé, Italian oh, rosé. Would, would you do that? <laughs> sure. No. Would you? Oh, I, I, I love rosé. You, you and I or... love love rosé. This is the, uh, it's exactly would summer that be good? especially yeah. summertime with the, with the salt. Oh my yeah. gosh! I could see sitting on a porch on a Sunday afternoon. Eating this pasta with a nice glass of rosé. Or even champagne. Yeah. Or champagne. A sparkling. Right. So, Alex, let's come back for maybe a sparkling rosé would be really good. A dry rosé. So, Alex, you're saying a Sangiovese because that's a very friendly grape with food. Here's what I say. Go into my favorite wine shop and I say, I want to spend 10 or $15. I want, like, wholesome, inexpensive Italian food wine, like a Sangiovese. Chianti's a region, but Sangiovese. And then usually they're great, and they'll just give me two or three $10 or $15 bottles, and they all go great with food. Or one. Or you don't have to drink all three. You could. <laughs> you could do the rosé, yeah. then okay. the Sangiovese. I mean, that's yeah. the real way to do it. But simple oh. wine, simple food, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the key, right? That's a very simple wine to go to a very simple yeah. but it, and, and the wine we're going to tell oh. you about here on the show is a white, and I would actually like it with this pasta. I, mm. Because it's a, it's a very food-friendly, mm-hmm. versatile wine. So you can do that, too. And you know what? If you have the wine around that you have, don't even worry about it. That's what we say on the food schmooze. Don't worry about perfection. If you have something 
something open already from the night before sure. and drink it. Okay, so <laughs> all right, <laughs> we have got you want to do you want to do the wine because sure, this yeah. is a great one, Alex. Thanks for bringing this to yeah, us. I'm always happy to so bring wine. The Cote, this is the Rhone region of France, mm-hmm. and this is a Cote de Rhone, but it's white. Most of us know Cote de Rhone that's red. You know, we'd buy a Gigal because it's you know twelve thirteen dollars. This is fifteen dollars and under, and this it will tell you what to say. Alex, tell us about this. That was delicious. to your point. That was a great accident. So Matt went to get. You know, the same description. We want a 10 or $15 simple French wine. And then was thinking he was grabbing the red and ended up, when he brought it home, I was like, this is a white. He's like, oh, my gosh. So it went into the uh, refrigerator. But it's called Parallel 45. It's from the south of France from a place called the Rhone. And there's a river. And it's uh, just a, a blend of, like, three or four French grapes. It's Grenache Blanc. It's Grenache Blanc. It's Marsan, which is one of my favorite grapes. Viognier, a lot one of, of people know about that. Yeah. And one I don't know about, Alex, maybe you do, or Chris, Bobolanc. This is a young wine, and it is, when you go it's, to your wine store, go to our website. It's all listed there, $15 and under. It's 2013, and it's the Parallel 45. But it's at our website, uh, faithmiddletonfoodschmooze.org. It's aged a little bit in oak, like two or three months. So if you like Chardonnay, that Viognier has the sort of viscosity of Chardonnay. So if you're sort of getting a little bored of Chardonnay and you want to get into something slightly Without different. Without the oakiness. A little, you more, a little more mineral, l- less Some butter. melon. Yeah, that's citrusy. So I would even have this with pesto, believe it or not, you know. I think we did. Shrimp. (laughs) Yeah, we did, actually. So we had it with a trout. I would have it with chicken, pastas. And I'll put my vote in on this red, too. This same wine, Parallel 45, the Coteron, they make a red, and it's just as good as this. We'll buy the red by the case. And now that I've had the white, it's funny, I haven't had the white in a long time. We have the coolest kitchen tips coming your way. I mean, there are special. Especially, especially good. And they're, this time from Cooks Illustrated, we cruise our talented colleagues and, uh, you know, bow down to them for finding these great tips. This time it's Cooks Illustrated, and they have some terrific, terrific things. Again, all of this listed at our food site, foodschmooze.org, so you can go there. Actually, you want to start them right now, and then we'll carry it over. Mm. So, Alex, what do you have? So I've got one from Susan Siegel of Boynton Beach, Florida. And she says she loves to make big punch bowls. She has friends over, but says the little conventional ice cubes you get in the freezer are too small and melt before, like, the punch is gone. They water drinks down, and they water. This is why people go to larger cubes, right? But I don't have any of those special machines that make the larger (laughs) cubes. So what's this tip? She uses a muffin tin and then, you know. Fills it with water. Fills it with water, puts it in. Is that brilliant? Yeah. Just make sure it's really clean and there's yeah. no, like, no, crusty right. bits of muffin <laughs> left in. Yeah. What are those black bits <laughs> Oh, there? it's a blueberry. Oh, I'll have that. <laughs> or the oil I can't seem to get, get out of it. Would that, would that work for, for, like, scotch, too? Or is a muffin too Jonathan, big? Jonathan, I think yeah. it would. That'd yeah. be one rock per glass. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that's they have those whiskey yeah. balls. ice cubes. Yeah, those huge, plastic uh, balls. Yeah. We have them, but only Matt can figure out how to use them. Like, how do you get... The round thing of water. Yeah, no, this is really great. <laughs> great idea. All right, let me jump in there, and then we're going to go to our break, and then we've got more kitchen tips on the other side, our trout recipes. But here it is again, Cooks Illustrated. 
a cookware rack, and I need one for the area that is our pantry in the, you know, in the back closet because there's no space in the kitchen. So here's Rhonda Grace of Chicago, and she comes up with a different place to keep her pots and pans. You know those over-the-door coat racks that are white, and they're the width of the door? Oh, yeah. And you put your coats on them or your ironing or anything. Hang on the door. Mm -hmm. She puts that on her door. And then on the other side of the door, hangs all of her pots on it. It's brilliant. Wow. I would have given her the award of the week because I spent $350 on my last pot pot rack. (laughs) Yeah. That's a good one. Isn't that the best? I know. And you're always looking for a place to put them. There's a cabinet. It's just what I need right now. You get one pot, you got to bring them all out. And there's a lot of clattering and banging. And it's it's like your smoke cooker. Could you imagine me? No. no. Hey, we have an incredible cocktail to tell you about. We have an amazing trout recipe and other recipes in a book that will teach you how to cook. Stay with us. I'm Faith Middleton. I hope you'll make a charitable contribution to Feed the Hungry. More mouthwatering conversation and fun here on The Food Schmooze. We'll be right back. Okay, hope that first bite of the food schmooze felt like a hot biscuit with butter coming your way. Feel free to tell your food-loving friends worldwide they can enjoy the show and our online site at foodschmooze.org. Here's your second bite. Cornbread said, now that's all right. Meet me on the corner tomorrow night. I'm Faith Middleton. The Food Schmooze Party here on WNPR is heard Thursdays at 3 and 9, Saturdays at noon. Join the conversation with us on Facebook. Thanks to our talented crew, senior contributor Chris Prosperi of Metro Beast Restaurant in Simsbury, Connecticut. Alex Province, our regular contributor in Hartford. Eugene Amatruda, Marion Roy, senior producer Lori Mack, and producer Jonathan McNichol. We thank you first and foremost for listening. Hey, let me tell you quickly. You've been hearing us talk about the martini competition, the event of the year. It is the party of the year. Hot, hot dance music. It is the most amazing scene, the most fun party of the year. Everybody dances with everybody. It's all to benefit WNPR and CBTV, including the Food Schmooze. I would like to take a moment to thank the participants in this thing because they give you all this food from the restaurants that they make. They make these outstanding martinis that are so innovative. The Bartenders Guild competitors are in there, too. I mean, it is really amazing. So thank you to Front Street Bistro at Spotlight Theaters, Max Berger, Maggie McFly's, Shamard Vineyard, Olia Restaurant in New Haven. They're amazing. All of them participating. There are more, in fact. So 
Thursday, June 23rd from 6 to 9 or 9.30 at the new location, the Mashantucket Pequot Museum and Research Center, right next door to Foxwoods. Room for thousands. We want to break the record. We want to hit a 1,000 attendees. So there will be more than 30 bartenders and restaurants and you vote on our tablets to pick the gold winner, the Fudgemus Martini of the Year. You want to hear the new categories yeah, for yeah, voting? Yeah, I'm excited. So there's gold, <laughs> silver, bronze. Like always. Like always. In addition, the veggie-friendly cocktail, mm. the best bubbly cocktail, mm. the best beer-based oh. cocktail, mm. the best <laughs> after-dinner-slash-dessert cocktail. Oh, Coffee cocktails. I like that. The best-looking cocktail because oh, some garnish. people do the most gorgeous cocktails you have ever seen. And you're invited to taste at all of these cocktail stations. You cannot believe how many, how beautiful they are. These are works of art in themselves. And then you visit all the food stations with all the top chefs because we know you're hungry while you're sampling and you vote for your favorite cocktail. The Connecticut Bartenders Guild is, as Anthony would say, talking smack. People are planning <laughs> lots and lots of food for you to eat. We have a special pricing for designated drivers okay. so that they can keep your crowd safe. Foxwoods made a deal with us. They said, listen, we know what happens when you have one of these events. The hotel rooms sell out, so we're going to do discounted rooms for anybody who wants Mm. to stay. Chris, I know you're doing it. I'm going. I'm staying. staying. Dress is festive. Anything you want. We have the most fun. So much fun. CTMartini.org. Can't wait to see you there, and thank you in advance. Okay. So Alex and I have been to a restaurant on Shelter Island, which is one of the islands where if you're going from Sag Harbor over to the Hamptons, you go from Orient, the ferry gets off when you go from New London, and then you take a short ferry over to Shelter, and then you take a short ferry over to (laughs) Sag Harbor, and then you drive straight into the Hamptons. Or you can just sail with me. Or you can sail with with those guys. Right, right. So, yeah, so, so. There is a restaurant, because I'm in Orient Point. We go over and we eat at this restaurant. I know you do, too, mm, Alex and Matt. It. This is 18 Bay, it's called. and it That's was their dress. On Shelter Island. This is a great destination. It's a fixed-price menu, mm-hmm. and they wow. give you, like, four or five vegetable appetizers to start so you're already going wow there's more food and they're Mm. killer good right Mm, the pasta then they go to the homemade pasta that the chef does with fish then they then you have your choice of entree usually meat and fish and Mm. then there's dessert I mean, it's unbelievable mm. bargain. You sit outside, and outside, glows with beautiful lights. Like it has that everything There's sort a, of that linen-y white with glowing orangey fire. And, and those beautiful oh. wine holders with the ice and the sparkling wine. So really fun. fantastic. And it's in a house. And so it's really kind of relaxed and oh, terrific, huh? We, we sail over, stay at Cockles, and then we'll have like a sundowner cocktail on the boat. And then we'll walk over to 18 Bay, sit out on the porch. It's so quiet. Shelter Island has a quietness oh, to it. It's so gorgeous, peaceful. Gorgeous, gorgeous. A beautiful dinner. And then walk back to the boat. 
pass by all the farmland. It's just, I love Shelter Island. It's beautiful. And there's a little, you know, you can do and there's a shopping there. And there's a woman from France who has opened the general store and started bringing in her French food. And she's got these design stores there that are <laughs> just... Uh, a little the whole, And there are these little Victorian, some not little, Victorian yeah. houses. And there's a, a restaurant there that is Andre Balaz, the hotelier from France, who he has this very chic hotel. You see a lot of movie stars there on Shelter, and it's called Sunset Beach, and that is so amazing. Oh, there's salad. where I had my first date with my partner. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, really, it's just fantastic. (laughs) Head-on shrimp on the grill, you know, that kind of thing. And and it's right on the beach. We rode bikes around and had one of those, like, uh, afternoon. We started with lunch and bottles of rosé, and then just carried over to the night. Oh, boy. Sounds (laughs) like a great summer day. Walking the bikes back to the boat. I'm hanging out with you (laughs) Okay, so here we go. We've got some kitchen tips, and we don't forget we've got that incredible trout recipe coming your way. Chris Prosperi, what do you have? I have an interesting one, and this one is about round two with charcoal. So basically, if you have done a charcoal grill, and say you grilled everything really quickly, what this tip is is how to preserve the charcoal to use another day. You know how when you get the ash off, yeah. there's still chunks there? Right. Yeah, so I don't, throw them out. Don't throw them out. They put them in a can, a little so you ca- shake the metal ash can. Off? You shake the ash off, and it sort of extinguishes them, right? And then you can save them for another time, and they suggest putting it back in a chimney starter with fresh charcoal so like a half and half mix and then you're basically reusing instead of wasting uh, the charcoal I love that because I'm like that too because I, you, know, you don't just always, close it you could if you had that kind of grill but they suggest taking it out grill and actually in, yeah. isn't uh, that great, that's a great I absolutely right? love could, that yeah, because I, I mean you probably end up throwing away half your charcoal yeah. every year Here's what we've got at the huh. website right now because our cocktail guy, Anthony Desario, is a Connecticut bartender. He said he knows I love a Negroni, which is a classic cocktail that has gin and Aperol. And he knows I love sparkling wine, dry sparkling wine. So he said, I'm going to make you a sparkling Negroni. So we have the recipe. This is nice. a fabulous thing. So he's got a gin. He loves a particular kind. Aperol, which is that Italian liqueur with a bitter orange love notes. It. Then he mixed in a fever tree bitter lemon soda. Which was a great idea with the gin and, you know, at the end, and it made it a sparkling. You got really a kind of sweet vermouth Campari kind of combination, which is the classic Negroni. So he did a twist on it, and that's at our website, foodschmooze.org. You could have that with your pasta, before your pasta, (laughs) Yeah, just as you're waiting. Yes, Palette cleanser. Mm. All right, Laurie Mack, what do you have as a tip from Cook's Illustrated? They did a study to figure out if you don't have a nonstick surface in a pan, what to do. So they tried to figure out if cooking spray or oil would work in the absence of a nonstick. Peanut oil, canola oil, olive oil. So here's a hint. The cooking spray wins. But the interesting thing is why. Because when we heat up a pan on the stove, it doesn't heat evenly. So Mm. the oil tends to pull in the cooler spots. And that's where you put your food always, too. Right, yes. So the thing about the cooking spray is the oil that's in the cooking spray is mixed with an emulsifier. Mm -hmm. So that emulsifier coats the pan evenly. It keeps it in place. Exactly. Evenly coats it. And it it really is a nonstick, suddenly a nonstick service. So I have a nice set of stainless steel cookware and I keep thinking I'm doing something wrong because I'm using extra virgin olive oil often to cook with and even though it has a low 
temperature, I don't care because I like it. And, Just so. don't do scrambled eggs. No, scrambled I know. eggs. That I know because you're yeah. moving mm-hmm. the yeah. food around, yeah. and then it loses that. Yeah. I always feel like I, I have do. to spray um, that stuff outside because I feel like yeah, I, I do too. I feel it like that too. But wait, Ozone we found we things. found something oh. that's I think the best thing on earth right what? now. Butter. And, no, no, no. Bacon. Fat. It's about a pan. And this takes you back to the 70s. And these pans are cheap and they're amazing. And they're the old school enameled pans, saute Ooh. pans. I buy them well, at like TJ Maxx you, I or. I've never seen or, this. Before. What do you mean? What is this? Enamel. Like, don't it's you. Uh, like, what color? Like, like the enamel. orange? Yeah, see? You could buy them in orange, orange and gray, yellow. And yellow and like on <laughs> yeah. a Dutch oven. Yes. Yes. It's the most yes. amazing thing. It has got the little like, flower the, shapes on it. No, or no, no, no. But that's for okay. the 70s. Right. But the new ones are just regular sized 12 inch or 14 or 16 inch saute pans. Like a Dutch oven, but shorter. I bought one red with a white interior. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, right. I have one of those. The, this is old school enamel. You thing. find them at tag sales for like 10 cents. Oh. Well, right. I had what? never well, seen them before. Okay. So the 70s ones, we stopped using them because the enamel wasn't adhering. If you remember back mm-hmm. to the 70s, they used to use the chip and stuff. And now they found Just a better, eat that stuff. Yeah, you mm. eat that. But now they found a better way, I guess, of adhering it. And these pans are back. And they are by far the but best nonstick. Go to your local TJ Maxx no, and you'll I, see I them sitting sure. there. They're enamel pans. Okay. You so then you use your butter, and then you're you use they're, bacon. They're what? so good, I want to throw out my nonstick pan. I they think can they're heat like, up just as hot. They're, yeah. Oh, yes. God, yeah. And they're like 12 to $16. Like, like up, a cast iron. You can take a paper towel and just yeah. wipe it right out. All right. Okay. All right. Hey, so there's you know there. what? Shamard Vineyard in Clinton, Connecticut, is doing yoga at the vineyard outside, outside. you what do a great lo- idea. yoga outside around yeah. the grapevines, and then you come in and you stay for the wine. You come for the yoga, you stay for the <laughs> wine. So you can contact Shamard Vineyard, C H A M A R D, for information about that. But That's I think that is terrific. That's you just did a perfect once spot. before, I, and it's yeah. sold out. I'm surprised they hadn't already. Like a, like yeah. a grapevine. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have to yeah. do the yoga before the wine. <laughs> Exactly. That's a good point. That's a good. Definitely. Well, maybe not. My mat's moving. Yeah. <laughs> it requires balance. So, yeah. Right. yeah, that too. So I have a tip from Cooks Illustrated, and I adore this. I couldn't wait to tell you about this. This is whipped cream in seconds. Not minutes, because we're so busy. <laughs> um, so here's someone writing in, Julie LaCouture uh, from L.A., and she says, you know, many of us have these immersion blenders. Mm-hmm. They, it looks like a wand with the immersion blender in the end at a very high speed. So often they come with a canister. Yep. And so you fill that canister that comes with the immersion blender. You could also use a wide mouth, say, like mason jar. And you fill it with just enough cream so that the the head of the blender is submerged because the cream is going to double in volume, obviously, when you whip it. So with the motor running, you stick it in so that it's just covered, and then you've got the motor running, and you just move the head up and down through the cream to pull in air. The, oh. the cream whips in 20 seconds. I'm, I'm trying this. Nice. Yeah, where were you last amazing? week with that? Huh? I needed it's that. It's way easier so, than the... Uh, strawberries you know, with strawberries and uh, berries with anything you want. Your, your and this is strawberry brownies, time. Whatever mm. you want to do, that is a great, yeah. great thing to do. 
I have to say that they also in Cook's Illustrated, I love when they do this and they test out various things against each other. And there are lots of people on their panel. I like that. And they give notes and everything. So what did they, they said, let's do supermarket balsamic vinegar. Mm. You know how I, there are so many now. And I'm, I I I try and remember these things. So here's what I'm going to do. They actually recommended one, two, three, four, five, six, six they recommended and some with reservations in addition to that. I'm not going to do that with you because on the list of six, there is one that I have purchased and the price is so right, and I'm just going to tell you that one. But you can go to Cook's Illustrated and see the, the variety of these if you want. But the one I'm going to tell you about turns out to be 18 cents an ounce, nice. which is great. And it's Cola Vita. Oh, I oh, use that yeah. one. You yeah. use that. Yeah. So yeah. rather than me too. giving you yeah. seven to memorize... Yeah. I think with the price point added in and that I buy this and love this one, too, as a supermarket balsamic, for really good balsamic, I will drizzle on cheese or strawberries. But I don't use those for dressing. So I use this because I want a little acid in this balsamic and not not super sweetness, but I want a balance. This is a great one. Cola Vita, C-O-L-A-V-I-T-A. It's also on our website. And that's in every supermarket on the planet. Absolutely. (laughs) It goes on sale frequently. Yeah. 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 That's right. Um, So um, it can, if you have it just by itself, you think this is a little bit harsh, but no, when you start mixing it with the olive oil, oil, it starts to really come into its own and balances beautifully with the olive oil. So you've got that olive. And we're getting into salad season. Farmer's market. Am I the only one who drinks like vinegar? No, I love vinegar. (laughs) I love it. You know what? There's a book out, um, What to Eat When You're Pregnant. And this is by Nicole Avino, Dr. Nicole. Avina, and she is not only a mother, but is a neuroscientist, research neuroscientist at Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York City. And she's talking about what the baby likes and what the mother likes while the baby's in utero and how to get over some of those cravings, get yeah. past them. And Are pickles for real? Pickles Seriously. are for real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's also a new cookbook out called New German Cooking. So it's I a like modernized version mm. of the yeah. classic German recipes, and mm, that's really fun. Yeah. So here's what we've got coming your way. We're going to take a break now, but we have this special trout recipe. We have the Great Cook cookbook. And what do you see about this trout that Chris made for us from the book? It is absolutely fabulous. It's the undiscovered fish, we think, and it's a killer on the grill. And it's not expensive. It's so, so good. Our inland friends here on the Food Schmooze know about this. They order it all the time, but not our seaside friends. So get ready for that. Please support your local food growers and food makers. You can, of course, find the food, wine, recipes, cocktails we feature at our website now or anytime at foodschmooze.org. More delicious conversation after this quick break. Please stay with us.
We have one more mouth-watering bite of the Fuchmoos coming up. Here's something great to know about. Sign up for the app called NPR One. Just download it from the iPhone App Store or your Android device. And once you do, you can set WNPR as your local station. Couldn't be easier. Download the free app NPR One and start listening. Let's party on. More Fuchmoos. I keep drinking malted milk Trying to drive my blues away I keep drinking malted milk Trying to drive my blues away Baby, you're just as welcome to my loving Flowers is in me. Malted milk, malted milk, keep rushing to my head. Malted milk, malted milk, keep rushing. a funny, funny feeling and I'm talking all Faith Middleton with the gang. This is the Food Schmooze Party coming to you in Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and New York, including the East End of Long Island. Podcasts and our curated recommendations, as you probably know, are always online at foodschmooze.org. You spell schmooze like school, S-C-H, foodschmooze.org. Of course, we want you to talk with us on Facebook. Oh, I can't wait for this because Chris just made us a dish from this book. It's called The Great Cook, Essential Techniques and Inspired Flavors to Make Every Dish Better. James Brissione is the author of this book, and he has teamed up with the editors of Cooking Light magazine. He's very interested in healthful cooking and yet preserving the natural deliciousness of things. And so we've got flavor plus healthful ingredients and styles of cooking coming together here. And also, he's giving us a lesson, taking the master recipe, which is not crazy complicated at all, and then doing a spin on it so that you learn to make it once or twice with a slight difference each time. So you could have actually the same thing three times in a row and have it be absolutely wonderful, one different from the other. I just really think this is a terrific book to teach cooking, to teach flavor profiling. Really, really good. So James has worked at Danielle and a bunch of other places. He's done really terrific things. So welcome to the Food Schmooze, James. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, excited to, to be here chatting with you guys. Yeah. So um, we're all here, and we want to start with... This is a fish that we think is is so much a part of our history and yet wildly undiscovered among many people, especially city dwellers or suburbs near cities. But if you live inland, you order trout. Like Chris Prosperi's restaurant, people order. It's one of the best-selling things he has on the menu. And I love it. 
I it's I love it the way you make it. (laughs) Well, this recipe from James's book is so delicious. And this is the undiscovered fish. We can make this at home so easily. You just go to your fish market. James, tell us, you go to your fish market, right, and say, I want some trout, or they're likely to have it. They're, they're likely to have it. You know, I, I do love trout. And, and, you know, like you said, I mean, I think it, it's such a great fish. And it's not something that I think enough people cook at home. I think it's one of the easiest fish to cook at home. Uh, you know, growing up down south, uh, you have plenty of trout. You know, even though we have our, our beautiful Gulf seafood, uh, you know, once you get more than, you know, four or five hours away from the Gulf, trout is a, a very popular fish and, and so many great ways to prepare it. But, yeah, you just want to go in and ask for ask for trout. Often they sell it, you know, as we talk about in the book, dressed, which means they've removed the head and the gills and the guts, and it's just, you know, two connected fillets, which can make for a really beautiful presentation oh. or allow you to do fun things like we're doing here by filling it with aromatics, lime and dill, mm-hmm. so that they kind of perfume the fish as you cook it. Yeah, so, Chris, tell us, and then we'll go right back to James again to talk more about this. Tell us what you did to make this. This I, We chose this together because this was not a difficult recipe. Yeah, and and, and we said underused and so delicious. And people think mistakenly that trout is filled with bones, yeah. and it's not, nope. especially when the fish store owner, the fishmonger, you know, scales it, yeah, takes the head off, cleans you. it, yeah. and gives you two pristine fillets. Yeah. Okay, so what would you do? So the first thing you do, and this is what I think is the genius part of this recipe, is you make a little brine with two cups of water, a tablespoon of fine sea salt, and a teaspoon of sugar. And you mix that together. I mean, how easy is that? When we say the word brine, people think, oh, I have to get peppercorns and juniper berries. Five-gallon buckets. Right. That's what I I was thinking, big buckets. No. A bowl or a pan with some water and sugar. And and I love the fact that each recipe comes, or a lot of the recipes comes with these little pictorials that give you the, even show you the container to use, which is a little like lasagna pan. You put the water in there. You put the fillets in there. You sort of let it sit for 20 minutes. And then you just take it out and pat it dry. That is brining. That's brining. But in its simplest form. And James, what does it do? Well, it's the ultimate way, I think, to season fish because fish can be kind of difficult to deal with. And if you season it as aggressively as you would a steak or or a piece of chicken even, uh, you you tend to dry out the flesh. So this is a great way to season fish to help the meat, help the flesh of the fish really retain moisture. You know, the the whole, there's some science behind brining, which, you know, leads to the the muscles actually kind of absorbing a bit of the seasoned liquid, uh, which, you know, one, accomplishes seasoning for you, but it also makes you less likely to overcook or dry out the fish in the cooking process. It helps that that flesh, that meat, stay moist once it is cooked. Mm. And we're going to do this, as Chris did, on the grill. That's what your recipe calls for. This is the master recipe for grilled trout, and we're going to do a spin on it next. But th- So this is terrific. You could do this with charcoal, or yeah. you could do it with a gas yeah. grill, and or you could do it in your... Broiler uh, or oven or whatever. You could do it on the stovetop also. But this case, grilled trout. And, Chris, you had those beautiful grill marks on it. And I think the the brining helps with the grilling, too. It sort of firms it up a little bit and makes it a lot easier to grill than if you were to just grill it fresh. So brining is not just for flavor. It's to help the fish retain moisture after you've cooked it, right, James? 
Yeah, gives and and like you said, gives it a nice texture. And yeah, you know, having having that little bit of sugar, you know, as part of the seasoning, definitely, like you said, with grill marks helps with the browning a bit as well. Chris, you put a little salt and pepper on yeah, in these, the inside. You dr- yeah. you you patted them dry. Mm-hmm. And you started your fire, mm-hmm. and then a little salt and pepper, and on the inside you put some dill sprigs and some lime, lime slices, slices, very thinly sliced lime, in yeah. the cavity mm-hmm. of the and fish, and then close it up. It, it, so you close it back together like a, again, yeah, the two fillets, yeah, like a trout sandwich, yeah. yeah. And, and then you just basically put that on the grill. But you put the, a little cooking spray on the outside yeah. of the fish, mm-hmm. so just that keeps extra. it from sticking, mm-hmm. huh? And then in the hot area of the grill, you, you grill it for about four minutes, James? Yeah, and this is, you know, one of these kind of key techniques to grilling that I think, you know, people may not always really be aware of. It's, you know, when, when you set up a grill, it's not like putting a pan on the stove where you can immediately adjust the heat. Even with a, even with a gas grill, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, but you can't just adjust the heat at will on a grill. So any chef, you know, cooking in a restaurant, when they set up a grill, they set up a grill with zones. You have one side that's really hot and one side that's not as hot. And it's, you know, no different than getting a a pan, you know, smoking hot before you put something to it and then turning down the heat immediately. It's the same effect that we're mimicking with the grill by, by first putting the the fish over direct heat that's the really high hot side of the grill so it does get those beautiful grill marks like you mentioned and also it's really kind of the way to make sure the fish doesn't stick to the grill because the most common reason for sticking is either that the, the food is wet or the grill's not hot enough so you get a really hot side quickly mark it and then move it over to the cooler side and let it you know finish cooking more so that it does cook through and cooks evenly so you cooked it for four minutes on the, in the hot zone, we'll call it, mm-hmm. and then you turned the fish over and moved it to the indirect heat zone, the cooler zone, and you then cooked it for 12 minutes or so, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and there you go, and that served four people. Uh, oh, salt, pepper, some dill sprigs, which you can get in any supermarket, a couple of limes that you slice very, very thin. You soaked it in a little water and salt and a touch of sugar, and there you go. It's you a have this recipe. moist. It is fantastic. And trout is not very expensive either. That's the other good benefit of cooking with trout. I mean, it's I not. I can eat that once a week. Yeah, and I it's not an expensive oh, fish. It's I not one of those things more. that you I'm get sticker shot. Again. <laughs> I, know. I know. And to be honest with you, Chris made this for us yesterday too. Yeah. So we had, <laughs> we had it two days in a row, and I'm not sorry. I'd have it tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Love, love, love that. Tell me the philosophy of this book. You wanted to do a master recipe, like here's how to do one main thing that's not too difficult, and then here's how to change it up a little, right? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, you know, my, my career has kind of taken me through a lot of things and working in some amazing restaurants, but now I am a teacher. I, I'm the director of culinary development at the Institute of Culinary Education in New York City. Yeah. Um, so I spend my days teaching, uh, you know, our students, our professional students who want to have careers in culinary arts, you know, in, in our kitchens at ICE. And that led to this partnership with Cooking Light because they wanted this book to be like your own private cooking lesson, you know, at home. So, uh, mm. you know, I'm able to kind of lend my advice and tips and expertise throughout the book. We have this just incredible photography set up with a master lesson. So we do take you through kind of a basic technique with step-by-step photos. 
and then you know really kind of make sure hold your hand all the way through it make sure you're going to really get this technique and understand it and then give you a few more recipes to try using that same technique that changes the flavors and the way we're approaching it and i think you know mm. dill and lime is probably not something that people would often put together in one no. dish I didn't know about that combination. It's it's simple and approachable, you know, and really delicious. So I think, you know, there's a lot of fun. I I know we've, you know, seen some of the other trout recipes here that pull in a little bit of fish sauce and cilantro. So kind of opening up and exposing people to some some great new ingredients and some great new flavors while keeping the dishes not, you know, while the dishes aren't complicated or or unapproachable, I think think is really the key. It helps everybody get excited about about cooking and trying something new, I hope. Mm. And I love the collage of pictures. I really do. It's yeah, that helpful. visual help that people, I think, and it's not just like you have to go through these bunches of pages. I love the way you did it as like a collage of different photos that sort of give you that kind of step-by-step, the key yeah. things, you know, not... You say, oh, this is what oh, this yeah. Like. Oh, that's... for me, so I don't have to read. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, I like <laughs> no. to think, you know, for me, for some of these, you could just take the ingredient list with the measurements and the photos. And, and that's all you need. Cook the dish without any problem, without yeah. not even needing to read the instructions. The so. book is called The Great Cook, and these are essential techniques and inspired flavors to make every dish better. It's a partnership with James Brissione and also from the Institute of Culinary Education and a partnership with Cooking Light Magazine. Okay, let's do... So you did a spin on the grilled trout to, to make it a little more Thai. Yes. So what? what tell me about that. Well, so this is, you know, very similar. So, you know, you've already cooked your trout once and, and you've gotten a bit familiar with it. And, and so now we're you know, taking a, a very similar recipe but adding some new and exciting flavors to it. And so we're replacing the brine here with a bit of fish sauce that gets mixed with some lime juice and sesame oil and crushed red pepper flakes. Oh, wow. this is for me, this one. I mean, and that's easy. All these things are available in your supermarket. Nothing exotic here. So there is a recipe in your book where you talk about doing salmon, and then you you say, look, here's how to do salmon on a plank, one of those uh, wooden planks, and then in grilled uh, with a mango kiwi salsa. That's a beautiful combination. I just wanted to let people know that if you want to do a, a combination, that that is terrific. I happen to love grilled stuffed jalapenos. I can't take too much heat, hmm. but there's something about when these get cooked. Am I correct on this? Where the heat isn't as intense as when they're raw. Am I am I right on that, James? I think they do. I think you know they they mellow a bit, and then you've got you know all those other great ingredients uh, that you're adding that really help mellow them out as well. You know, usually you've got that cheese in there. Yeah. In this recipe, we use a bit of cream cheese and cheddar cheese, so that fat really helps clear away the capsaicin, which you know is what gives you that that burn from jalapeno. So you know when you're taking in a little bit of fat along with it, it really helps kind of smooth and mellow them out. Chris, I should have given you this to go yeah. with the trout. But, yeah. but we could have had a whole meal here. <laughs> oh, we had a whole meal. We could have yeah, had two or two, three, three more three meals. <laughs> so this is, think about bacon and cream cheese and extra sharp cheddar cheese plus oh, some bro. green onions, mm. uh, scallions we're talking about, lime juice and kosher salt and a little garlic, the jalapeno peppers, fresh cilantro, beautiful together, and some chopped tomato. So they've got the grill going, and you've cooked some bacon, a few a few pieces of bacon, and taken it and drained it. And then you make a mixture, right, James? Tell me, tell me how this goes, of, of the cream cheese. 
Yeah, very simple. So we're basically kind of taking all of those ingredients you just mentioned, which are which are the filling for the jalapenos, the cream cheese, the, the cheddar cheese, green onions, a little bit of lime juice, and, and the bacon, uh, some garlic, Yum. salt, and pepper, and mad the chopped bacon, ma- mashing that all together in a bowl, and then just kind of spooning that into the jalapenos, which you've cut in half and scooped the seeds out of, you know, mounting that up a little bit, and then just cooking, putting them right onto the grill. You know, I love, of course, this time of year, and, and if you're going to go to the trouble of, of firing up the grill, you know, why not make as many things as you possibly can on the grill? So <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're all about that. Yeah. We're all over that kind of instruction. Right. So um, so you're, you're, what you're doing is you put these jalapenos uh, you've taken the seeds out, which are wildly hot, so that's good, and you have to do that carefully. But then, then you're you're you've stuffed these jalapenos. There, you've coated that rack with a little cooking spray, so it, they, nothing sticks. And then you cover and grill the peppers for eight minutes. And the he, the, the idea here is to get a little bit of a char on the undersides of those jalapenos because that's a caramelization and that brings out flavor. Plus the cheese mixture that's packed gets a little browned, right? So there's more flavor. Oh, and then you take them out after your eight minutes and sprinkle with that cilantro and that chopped tomato. And, oh, my goodness, that's 14 servings. But how about that alongside a grilled steak or grilled lamb chops or chicken that you've done on the grill, even fish on the grill. It really just goes with anything for no matter what season. I wanted to get to the Tuscan lemon muffins that you do, but I can't because, no, no, here's why. Because we're going to come into the season where the tomatoes are coming out and you do this great thing, which is a tomato stack. It's a salad with corn and avocado. Can you quickly run through this? Because we've got about four minutes or so. Yeah, certainly. This is this is probably one of my. You picked a good one because I think this might be my favorite. Mm. You know, as we've been talking about the book, this is the one I've been looking forward to most. This is actually from the section on heirloom tomatoes, and we've got you know some great information about all of the varieties of tomatoes you might find at your local you know market or, or farmers market. Um, you know, kind of where uh, fun little facts and stories about them. But what we're doing here is, is very simply crisping up a little bit of bacon and then making a, a wonderful easy buttermilk dressing that is, you know, really just buttermilk, some fresh herbs, chives and basil, a little bit of light Mm. mayonnaise, cider vinegar and garlic and mixing that together. You Mm. set it to the side. Then you char corn on the grill so you get that Mm. beautiful, sweet, smoky flavor of the corn. On the cob, Um, yep. And then we're just taking slices of tomatoes that get seasoned, avocado, and stacking those up on a plate. You mean a slice of tomato? A, A slice of tomato couple slices of avocado, another slice of tomato on top of that, another couple slices of avocado, another slice of tomato on top of that. So you've got this beautiful, colorful stack. You've got the red and the green and the yellow. And the um, corn goes where? Do you sprinkle it all around the plate? Or? Corn, goes, corn goes right on top of the tomatoes, gets sprinkled all around the plate, and then you spoon uh, that beautiful dressing, that great, you know, creamy buttermilk. It's almost like a, it's almost like a cheat of homemade good. Sounds colorful, too. Oh, it's good. And it healthy. It's good. Yes. 
So I really, this is seriously, seriously good. Okay, well, I love, love, love your book. I, I really, I think it is so helpful. So it's called The Great Cook. These are essential techniques and inspired flavors to make every dish better. And The Great Cook is a partnership with Cooking Light Magazine with James. Terrific, terrific recipes, and I think a great way to learn how to cook because the master recipe is not difficult, and then the spin teaches you about flavors. Really nice job on this. Thank you so much Thank for you. being with us. All right, I hope you'll join us again. We, we love, would love to. Yeah, we love how you think about food and your <laughs> flavor combination, so we hope to visit again. Great. Thank you, Faith. Okay, take care. We're on WNPR Thursdays at 3, Saturdays at noon, weekdays. Listen for my 60-second food schmoozes. We're online anytime. You can find the recipes, food products, restaurants, value wines, easy cocktails we feature, including recipes from the book we just talked about at foodschmooze.org. In New Haven, I'm Faith Middleton. This is the place to enjoy the richness of life. Sharing our local and national discoveries with you makes me want to get up in the morning. The gang and I hope you'll come back soon and often.